Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a bunch of gaming-related announcements, including what was announced at Nintendo Direct Mini, Xbox achievements revamp, and new Sony bundles. Apart from Final Fantasy 15's Royal Edition and PC release date for Final Fantasy 12. As usual on this podcast we have our games editor that's Rishi Alwani good morning night evening whenever you're watching this however you're watching this a uh, friend of the podcast Mikhail Madnani is also here yes and i'm your host Pranay Parab so first things first let's talk about this Nintendo Direct Mini i believe there were a bunch of announcements and since we recorded the previous episode on a friday instead of a tuesday as we usually do i think we missed out on a whole bunch of them yeah so um so nintendo basically uh, sprung a massive surprise on everyone even though it was you know uh hinted at and teased at and leaked at a few times but it's good for it to actually happen where uh, they had a video that showed off a bunch of games that are coming to switch in the next 3 to 4 months uh some of these include and there are there are a lot of remasters uh there's dark souls which is going to be remastered coming to switch run allegedly running on the dark souls 3 engine no 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 that was debunked There's deep. Uh, there have been a lot of rumors and discussion around Dark Souls trilogy as they called it happening what eventually did happen is the Dark Souls trilogy is a Japanese exclusive release for, for PS4 it's a big physical box set which is already sold out and it costs $500 it has a lot of stuff you can just check that online but the switch is getting Dark Souls remastered along with PC PS4 and Xbox One So it has dedicated servers, which basically is going to make online a much better experience. Otherwise, it was P to P, which uh, if one person in like three to four people who are like doing PvP or in co-op, uh, one person started lagging, everyone would suffer. It's kind of why dedicated servers is always preferred in online games. Uh, and uh, they've also announced the spec, like it's going to be 1080 60 on both PS4, Xbox One. On Switch, it's going to be 1080 30 in docked mode and 720 30 in handheld mode. obviously take this with a grain of salt because uh, rocket league said it's 720 60 on handheld mode and it's basically variable for both so just wait until it releases if you're interested but yeah this is portable dark souls properly and uh, the pc version is uh, not a free update if everyone was excited and getting whatever uh, we don't even know if there's going to be a discount because any mention of there being a discount has been removed from the bandai namco website and uh, this is one of the I, i still think there's going to be a discount because for the last one and a half or two years uh they've not discounted dark souls prepare to die edition on steam which is something which used to drop to like $5 before but they probably once they started planning this and deciding to offer some sort of discount they decided like uh, yeah we're going to try and get as much money from people as possible so this is something which is releasing uh, end of may on all four platforms is $40 retail expect 2499 or 2999 in india on consoles and uh, steam we won't know until they actually put up a page for it Though keep in mind that uh, if you're the sort who like us is waiting for a physical release in India, uh, we'd suggest tempering your expectations because if Dark Souls Three was any indicator, uh, with that game, what ended up happening was uh, the physical copies ended up showing I think three weeks late after release, and it was amu- it was an amusing situation because prior to that, uh, Bandai Namco had uh, released Dark Souls Three on uh, Japan Xbox Live with English subtitles. so that's how we got our review out first <laughs> and uh, for, uh the other thing to keep in mind is don't even expect a uh, good pricing because bandai namco games here are notoriously known to be expensive we've seen this with uh, tekken 7 we've seen this with uh some of the previous titles as well so yeah i mean if you're the sort who wants a physical copy your best bet is your local parallel slash gray market store or slash independent retailer or hopefully if some third party seller has it on amazon check it out it's not been listed as of now for uh, uh, e-express interactive is bandai namco's official distributor here and they haven't listed uh, dark souls remastered yet so we don't know if it's even going to come here it technically should because they bring other games which have lesser chance to sell but yeah dark souls remastered was like one of the things which was rumored for a long time and yeah it's finally a real thing we don't know who's doing the ports a lot of reports are uh, going around saying q q lock uh there's a localization company in Europe and they also do porting they're the ones who actually ported the PS3 version of Tales of Zestiria to PC and PS4 a few years ago they do really good ports on PC and console so apparently they are the ones who are going to be working on the PS4 Xbox and PC version and switch is being handled by someone else but we're not going to know this until after release yeah and aside from dark souls uh which is obviously the most high profile remaster coming to the switch 
uh some of the classics on the Wii U you know the console none of you people picked up despite being one of the best consoles ever uh is getting uh, a couple of uh, re-releases uh, one of them is uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze which is in my opinion one of the greatest platformers of all time and uh, we're also going to see uh, Hyrule Warriors come to the Switch as well both of them will come with added content again the degree of added content is variable somewhat like how we used to see, how how we talk about effective price in geo there's an effective added content in both cases i think uh, from the two uh, mike hyrule warriors has seems to be the better deal in terms of value uh it, i don't know about that yet because while it does include all the dlc from both the wii u and the 3ds version which is a ton of content and these warriors games have uh, easily like hundreds of hours of content if you want to get everything unlock all the characters and see everything So is it like the same uh, warrior series like the it's, Dragon Quest? It's exactly yeah. yes. It's all the so, same. It's so Koei Tecmo and Omega Force yeah. pump out like 8 to 10 of these in a year almost <laughs> on every platform. In fact Fire Emblem Warriors even came to new 3DS which was supposed to be only a Switch release and yeah they pump out a lot of these and they seem to do well because uh, fans of Zelda would buy that. They wouldn't buy the other stuff. Then people who just want to play play Warriors games will buy the proper ones like Samurai Warriors or Samurai Warriors Empires. Then there are the people who are interested in the Chinese or history historical series, so they get Dynasty Warriors, and then people like us play Dragon Quest Heroes because it released here, and like I like the first one, so they cater to a lot of audiences. But the core gameplay is more or less the same with the skin, music, and sometimes added mechanics from the IP they base it on. So Hyrule Warriors, uh, the problem is uh, Hyrule Warriors is something which not everyone will get into. uh these games are like you can try out i'm sure there'll be demos for like hundreds of these because they are out on everything uh the gameplay might get a little boring soon for people but yeah in terms of content i'd say yeah uh but we know that donkey kong tropical freeze is the much better game like it's super polished it has a fantastic soundtrack and they've added an easy mode also in this uh, in addition to letting you play on a single switch with both joycons and co-op mode so and of course since it's since these are nintendo remasters or re-releases they are 60 dollars which means uh, expect the india price to be between 4 and 5000 depending on where you buy from yeah Man, and that's expensive it is this is uh, welcome to donkey kong country <laughs> <laughs> no and uh, uh, another game which which was a surprising announcement uh, was the world ends with you final remix uh for those of you who are unaware it was uh, a cult classic on the 3D on the Nintendo DS which basically had a mix of RPG and uh, hidden object elements and had a really cool aesthetic and design and it was it made good use of both screens on the Nintendo DS and uh, that game was eventually ported to iOS and Android in a single screen mode and that's basically what we're getting on the Switch with some added content uh again don't know how much content is added but uh, if the placeholder price for this on Amazon and GameStop and all which is $60 is true like there's no chance like i got this for $10 on iOS and it doesn't even have the online DRM the Android version had at some point mm. as far as i remember so uh this is one thing which yeah not touching if it's $60 or uh, but yeah like a lot of people are excited because they thought the IP was dead and Square Enix was like they hadn't mentioned anything about it so yeah it's good to see whatever at least square enix go into their back catalog and do unexpected stuff yeah. so uh, other than that uh, they did announce release dates for a lot of games like besides the remasters which got announced kirby star allies is coming out in march uh, looks a little co-op focused too co-op focused for my liking uh, i'll reserve judgment until if they release a demo or closer to release when they have more information for what it. about that mario tennis Oh yeah, yeah Mario that's, Tennis Aces was That's going to be really like I'm yeah. pretty excited for that. There's no date for that. It's the same as Hyrule Warriors. Both are just like in the first half of 2018. So please inform me, is it like a remaster or a new no, game? No, Mario new... Tennis Aces is a new tennis game. Mario Tennis game made by Camelot, the people who usually make the like the sports RPGs with Nintendo. And this is the first one since GameCube which has a story mode. No, not GameCube, since Game Boy Advance. Oh sorry, since Game Boy Advance. Yes. The the Wii U Mario Tennis Ultra Smash was a garbage game. which had very little content and uh, you needed to you could like play with your amiibo in game or some nonsense but it it was like one of the lowest rated games so just as with like the Wii U had some of the highest rated and highest quality games from Nintendo it also had trash like this so uh, this one seems to be them realizing that you know people actually want story mode and stuff like that and uh, i think she's played a few of them yeah so i've 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 played the mario tennis games on the gamecube obsessively for some reason and this is despite not knowing or caring much about tennis but having said that uh, i'm more the reason why i'm super interested in this 
uh, is for two reasons. One, Mario sports games tend to take things into the extreme. Like you'd have tennis balls with fire and they, they do a lot of cool stuff in terms of power-ups. And uh, secondly is because there's going to be a story mode, which means bosses, which means a variety in gameplay, aside from the core tennis gameplay loop. So to me, uh, that's exa- to me, this is the biggest announcement from this Nintendo Direct Mini. Uh, from all the games that are announced, this is to me the biggest one. But that aside, we also saw some other interesting announcements. We saw Payday 2 have a release date. For those of you who are unaware, it's a co-op shooter uh, where you basically plan a bank heist and rob a bank. And um, it, it actually reviewed pretty well when it first came out back in 2013, 2014 for the Xbox 360, PS3, PC. And it's been supported quite well, so much so that it's been in the Steam top 10 playlist, top 20 playlist for quite a while now, despite being super old. Um, then there was uh, another announcement for Faye, which was EA's uh, indie title. You know, every year EA do an indie title to make up for the microtransaction hell they put us through. So that, that has the date of Feb 16th. And uh, there's another game uh, which I think uh, or Mike is more interested in called Yee's 8 Lacrimosa oh, I you were of Dana. Say Celeste. Because when they showed off FE or Faye, they also showed off Celeste, which is, uh, as I believe, a game, a new game from the person who made Towerfall and Towerfall Ascension. Uh, those two were like uh, indie Smash Brothers clones with very nice pixel art style. This looks like uh, a platformer action RPG with some very interesting mechanics. It's coming to everything except yep. Xbox One, I believe. Yep, yep. So that's going to be interesting. And yeah, Ease 8 uh, kind of expected this would happen because uh, the in- the Western publisher of Ease 8, which is NIS America, who also do Danganronpa 3 stuff and Danganronpa, uh, they released this and they ported it. They're porting it to PC. It's coming out end of this month. They've had a ton of success on the Switch, like with the Disgaea 5 Complete, which Rishi actually imported the Japanese release back in March when it happened. Uh, uh, they had so much success with that that they've been putting everything they release onto Switch. And uh, this is someone else's IP, and this will be the first time an Ease, which is a like a really old action RPG franchise, uh, makes it back to a Nintendo platform since this weird garbage port which happened from some third party company on the ds so yeah like i'm excited like i in fact i already started a replay on vita a few weeks ago so uh, i'm gonna now wait for this version and play it because it's gonna be really good all right did we hear anything about a yoshi game no No, in fact that was the surprising thing because i thought both kirby and yoshi along with these ports would be like padding before they bring out the big guns later so yeah the later part is i think uh, bigger direct yeah so the so the rumor is that uh, and if we go by so it is a rumor based on Nintendo's past behavior, where uh, they usually have a proper Direct uh, a few days, weeks after a Nintendo Direct Mini. It's something they've done in the past. Uh, So there is a possibility we might see more information with regards to more releases soon. Now, uh, though we did forget to talk about one last... But before we get into that in depth, there's one last game we forgot to talk about, which is SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy which basically lets you uh, take uh, which lets you play as uh, the female characters from the SNK fighting which game which is the art of fighting yeah. neo geo fighters king of fighters they're like a ton of king of fighters game they should have called this the queen of fighters yeah <laughs> but uh, it's looking actually pretty good yeah it's it will some... be like the thing is uh, SNK play more or as they are no, now known SNK they make some really competent mechanically fighting games but they always usually suffer in the visual and production side compared to uh, the fighting games available today like you know street fighter injustice and stuff like that but this one looks really good i'm sure it's going to be great mechanically and uh, the funny thing is uh, they're actually focusing more on the switch version than the ps4 version given traditionally uh, uh the king of fighters uh, king of fighters 14 also had a lot of success on ps4 before they ported it to steam like a year later uh, and the PS4, they're actually going to be a digital release for PS4. If you want the physical, you need to buy this limited edition. While Switch is getting a large-scale, widely distributed release. so And this is, again, NIS America. So that shows their commitment to the Switch. Yeah, and I and all of this basically goes to show that... I mean, there are two ways of looking at this Nintendo Direct Mini, right? One way is, oh, there are so many remasters. What's the point? But uh, that's the viewpoint... I think a Wii U owner would have. Not really. It's not and just a Wii U owner. I've seen I've seen stuff like this happen even from uh, like other console owners exactly. who are like, why would I buy this? When like I think everyone's forgotten that 2013, 14, when Xbox One and PS4 there, exactly. there were literally there was like f- Microsoft had a few exclusives, Sony had almost nothing, and there were just remasters at that time. Yeah, so, so that's the thing. I mean, right now, if you're like, so if you want to switch and you're kind of disheartened by the number of remasters. 
do keep in mind that the first year of the switch has seen some of the best games of all time we've seen uh, breath of the wild we've seen super mario odyssey we've seen uh, xenoblade chronicles 2 while up for debate how good it is at least between mike and me we have to admit it's competent enough and the year one on switch in my opinion has shaped, has shaped up to be possibly one of the best year ones of any console ever in fact uh, you remember that the image which people keep sharing for like playstation 2 fall exclusive software which has gta mgs devil may cry and all switch's first year rivals that exactly i mean uh, and and here's the best part it's still the first year uh and there's going to be a lot more announcements through the year uh we're probably going to see a new pokemon we're probably going to see a new yoshi we're definitely going to see metroid plus bayonetta 3 and that's just the tip of the iceberg so for those of you who are kind of living in the moment and think oh this is a remaster system uh hold your horses things are just going to get better uh but yeah even though we don't have any date on the nintendo direct uh safe to say we can expect one soon enough um what it'll hold remains to be seen or uh, my guess is if i were to take a guess is we'll probably see more information on third party titles possibly some more in, uh, some more uh, games from bethesda perhaps even a few more from uh, other western publishers so let's see how that works out uh but yeah i think that more or less rounds up what nintendo's been up to for now yeah cool so we'll be waiting for more announcements from them and let's see how that goes so xbox now apparently there's been some revamp to um the achievement system and i'm hearing something about this old controller which is coming back yeah so uh i think i need to go for a bathroom break now now <laughs> so uh, so for so the thing is when the original xbox launched uh, it was known for two things one that well it was made with off the shelf pc components and second thing was uh, it had a really um distinctive super huge and highly unintuitive controller which was affectionately known as the duke and uh, it was pretty big it was meant a uh, reason why it was that big is because uh, well the fine people at microsoft uh, made it keeping uh, western hands uh, keeping american hands in mind which is super big that's the logic they went with so when it was uh, w- when the xbox debuted outside of the us like in core market like at that time a primary market like japan the feedback was that the ca- uh, controller was too big so microsoft went back to the drawing board uh, discontinued uh, the old controller and came back with uh, a design which is quite similar to the xbox controllers of today it was then dubbed as the uh Xbox S controller if i'm not mistaken and that's the similar design and pretty much uh the template for some of the best controllers we've seen i mean uh we see the Xbox 360 controllers borrowed from it the original X- uh, the Xbox one controllers are borrowed from it so yeah now uh the old duke design well wasn't exactly the most successful thing from microsoft but it's had its fair share of fans particularly in the west So uh, a peripherals company called Hyperkin along with uh, uh, Seamus Blackley who was uh, one of the co- co-creators of the Xbox uh teamed up to essentially launch uh, to bring back the Duke controller for the Xbox one uh, and it's going to be $70 which I think is rather steep but uh, I mean if you're a fan and if you believe in the Xbox legacy Yeah, it's worth checking out. Just get the Elite controller. Uh personally I do agree. Though there I'd are say, rumors yeah. floating around of a uh, Elite controller version 2. Uh how that works out will be interesting because uh I mean let's be honest if you already picked up an Elite, you're pretty much invested in the ecosystem and would you want to pick up a second one? I don't know because if you look at it from a controller standpoint, you have a lot of controllers to choose from. The Minecraft controllers are out. the elite the recon controllers are out which also look pretty good and my personal favorite hopefully if it gets here uh the sea of thieves controller which is to my in my opinion perhaps the best custom controller microsoft's made in a very long time so i mean there are options a plenty would you I actually can already imagine our youtube video for the elite controller version 2 no we're know? not going to do one okay we're are not you doing, sure yeah we're not going to do xbox a video. elite controller version 2 cost 22999 uh, no, but is one, it worth the asking price so yes it is the first one was i think around 12 no it was 10990 that's 10, what both yeah. of us paid yeah, for it 10, it was 9, it was flipkart exclusive first and then it suddenly became available everywhere and i think they only brought in maybe 50 or 100 maximum and after that we've not seen a we've yeah. not seen them bring in more uh, though there has been demand for them shockingly and mainly from pc gamers i mean the we, thing about the pc gaming side of uh using the elite controller the current one available still will not work wirelessly on pc you need to use wired or you need to buy the now discontinued i believe uh, Xbox adapter which uses Xbox wireless technology trademark uh 
yeah rights registered by microsoft and such so the new one would hopefully rectify that in fact that's what the rumor says and the new one also will have a a rechargeable like it'll be rechargeable and it'll use usb c which is like the highlight so yeah yeah, yeah that's actually a pretty good thing because i don't like the duracell batteries that you have to keep popping in I don't know. I mean, uh, in my case, I just use it wired because the cable is long enough. It, it can essentially stretch from my console to my bed, and I just basically use it wired. So it's my it's my go to controller at this stage, and it's basically plugged in. I I don't even use it wirelessly. Uh, and in other speaking of revamps uh, on the speaking of revamps uh, on the Xbox side of things, uh, there's even more revamps on the software, uh, or at least the OS and the experience, as you'd like to call it. uh the xbox uh, vp mikey bara has said that the xbox achievements is receiving a change now for those of you who are unaware xbox achievements are what pop up when you complete certain things in a games like you know uh as in the case of uh, avatar the last airbender you hit the you spam the b button a thousand times you get thousand achievements it's glorious the game is still sought after today for that reason listen can you buy groceries with your xbox gamer score so that's what i think is going to happen okay. now i have a feeling they're going to monetize and reward long time players uh with the achievement system uh i won't be surprised if they take a leaf out of nintendo's book and how nintendo runs the nintendo club uh but i would be i but i also wouldn't be surprised to see microsoft use it as a way to leverage other parts of their ecosystem i mean what's stopping them from saying okay i mean you you've got 40 50000 achievements uh perhaps you can use those achievement points towards or uh, uh, towards you know getting a discount on uh, on ms office subscription or use it towards getting even a deeper discount during digital sales so i have a feeling they're going to tie it into the larger microsoft ecosystem and give people a reason to keep coming back uh, and more than obviously the the ambitious stuff that let it work with other parts of the microsoft ecosystem i won't be surprised to see it tie into games and to the xbox os as a whole perhaps as a way to keep you coming back because uh i mean as as lame as it sounds a lot of the reasons why i still play on the xbox is simply because of the achievement system uh it was pretty good when it launched back in in 2005 and to me it's still the gold standard in terms of gamification in terms of wanting me to come back and you know revisiting old games so um how they what they end up doing here will be interesting from a behavioral standpoint because Uh if you look at the bigger picture Microsoft doesn't uh, announce any more how many Xbox ones they sell. They they they're, they're focusing on engagement numbers. Yeah, focusing total on active keep... minutes. Exactly. Yeah, these many bullets were shot in Halo 5's this mode and that just proves how successful it is but uh, how many million did it sell? No, I can't hear you. Too many people <laughs> shooting, can't hear. <laughs> Don't hate dude. But uh yeah, I do agree. I agree with Mike completely where it's a situation where for them it's an engagement game. and if it allow if it makes sure that someone spends a few hours more on on Xbox yeah why not so i have, and see you know, whatever they're going to do isn't exactly going to be i don't think it's going to be that path breaking simply because whatever they can do has been done by Sony or Nintendo in one way or another we've seen Nintendo have the Nintendo club we've seen Sony uh, try to link your trophies and your trophy uh, and your trophy tally to Sony's own yeah they do that in the US in the where US, like uh, yeah I think I can't remember but a platinum trophy was worth $10 or some nonsense eventually yeah. like in because Sony has their own leveling system where with when you earn a platinum you get more and I can't even I stopped keeping track of that because uh, the last time I bothered with a platinum trophy and forcibly went for it was that garbage Game of Thrones Telltale game which is yeah like yeah, one so of the worst I'd rather like uh, get an Xbox One X on a dial-up connection then deal with uh, Game of Thrones by Telltale so yeah so yeah i mean point is uh, how they gamify it further how they take the achievement system further will be fun to see uh, more so considering that uh, when the achievement system launched in 2005 there was not quite nothing like it yeah so, so i'm pretty sure they're going to do something which makes you use your Xbox for longer like yeah. you know keep the Xbox on for like 17 hours straight and win like we already do that because that's how long it takes to install discs these days yeah. yeah so well there you go that's how like they're boosting their engagement stats or whatever i mean it's uh, i it's almost as bad as how uh, when you install steam by default it launches at login and like on at least on windows 10 i don't even get a alert that steam is active unless someone sends me a chat message so mm. and then they say oh look how many active users we have all playing free to play stuff but amazing yeah. cool yeah. then there is some quantic dream nonsense happening here Rishi. there's a lot of quantic dream yeah. nonsense yeah, happening yeah so where do we begin uh long story short uh three three french publications le monde canard pc and media power have uh, separate reports which 
uh, coincidentally came out around the same time that detailed uh, that detailed toxic work culture and work environment uh, and inappropriate conduct at Quantic Dream. For those of you who are unaware, Quantic Dream is a studio behind critically acclaimed uh, hits such as Heavy Rain and Indigo Prophecy. They also made uh, Beyond Two Souls, uh, which got them into a spot of legal bother for using Ellen Page's likeness. Uh, now, this, the reports allege that uh, that there's a culture of uh, racism and sexism taking place at Quantic Dream, and uh, that the the studio head uh, David Cage, who's also the, the lead creator on most of the games, uh, is essentially uh, you know uh, who essentially perpetuates such an attitude and passes up inappropriate comments about its about the Quantic Dream's female staff and the uh, and the like. Um, now, obviously, Quantic Dream has denied all these allegations and uh, claims that, and David Cage has come out and said that, uh, judge me by my work. Now, what's interesting is that this isn't the first time a Sony studio has come under fire. We've seen this more recently when uh, we've had uh, uh, those those who've been at uh, a Naughty Dog complain about issues within or within the office, or wherein uh, where there's alleged sexual harassment, and even with Sony's with Sony Studios that have been funded in India, like Trine, there were situations where uh, where staff hadn't been paid despite Sony releasing funds. So it's it seems to be a situation where uh, there seems to be a lack of due diligence on Sony's part. There's uh, definitely a, they have a management problem over here for sure. And uh, the other thing I noticed, which was like bad on two fronts was one yesterday when he said, don't like, this isn't true. Judge me by my work. They didn't straight out deny it. And exactly. say we're gonna, you know, like even the naughty dog thing, they posted a statement. They never said, uh, like, uh, we would not allow this. We are looking into it. The wording was a little like, I didn't like their wording when they said that. And uh, apparently like this, I kind of whatever, like, I don't know who to believe over here. But one of the publications said uh, that was a quick blacklist from Sony. Essentially, he tweeted yeah. And uh, I don't know how you'd even get to know that because like Sony doesn't actually like say, oh, by the way, you shouldn't have done this. And now we're not going to send you review copies or we're not going to be able to like basically, you know, do what PR people are supposed to do for y'all and like give you access. I don't know how that happened. That may be true. It may be false. I'll, I'll err on the side of caution over here. It's probably true because these reports seem to be true because a lot of uh, since it, three of them came out at the same time and and. Sony hasn't said anything about this yet, right? They should comment on this. But it seems like they're going hands off. I don't they don't own Quantic Dream. No, they've they're just funding, funding a lot of Dream. games and yeah. now they're funding Detroit Become Human or Becoming Human, which comes out uh, uh later this year. So Yeah, so Sony's policy usually with third party studios isn't usually, at least off late, hasn't been to buy them outright. Uh, we've seen we've seen this with Insomniac where uh, they're just working with Insomniac, Insomniac remains independent. They've seen this with uh, Quantic Dream as well. We've seen this with even their uh, a lot of their tie-ups with Japan companies are essentially uh, partnerships. They yeah, believe much in partnerships. better than the you know other side of things, which is yeah. EA. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, that's how they've been of late. And uh, to me, it's rather shocking, uh, simply because uh, a lot of a lot of people, at least particularly in India, uh, played Heavy Rain. A lot of people played Indigo Prophecy. They actually did quite well both on, with their original releases on the PS3 and then later on their remasters on the PS4, people actually cared about these games. And to have its creators, well, indulge in such nonsense is uh, quite frankly depressing. I think that's like that's been kind of a theme which has happened over the last few months with all these things happening. Like even with, uh, what's his name? Kevin Spacey. Yeah. In so, House of Cards and stuff. Like a lot of Hollywood stuff has happened and now it's been happening in gaming as well. So Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it is there everywhere. And yeah, it's like, just that now it's like, no, when one the, person gets the like has the courage to come out and then gets a yeah. you know like a bit of a positive reaction from the society and then sees the perpetrator like um, actually get punished in a lot of ways, uh, then you know that gives other people also that uh, faith that okay the system is working, we should come out, and that's a good thing overall I think. Yeah. Now what this also means is it could cast a doubt on. Detroit becoming hum- become human, which is the next game from Quantic Dream. It's been heavily advertised. It's been heavily promoted. It's had a lot of uh, risk uh, scenes, such as you know domestic abuse, suicide, and it seems to be a very uh, controversial game. I wouldn't call it a statement game. It just seems to be a very controversial title. So, I have a feeling that uh, these allegations will obviously hopefully cause Sony to, you know, take a deeper look into what's going on and take a call on whether they even want to. I have a feeling the game will be delayed. No, game won't be delayed. 
but uh, sony needs to make a statement that's mm. what i feel like yeah. they just need to say we're going to you know look into this and all we don't but then it's it's not even like they own it so they can't say we always make sure our studios and all like exactly it's kind of like they've paid them to make a game and exactly. they're marketing the game and you realize that the people you've paid are doing bad things and also oh so yeah. like no man's sky <laughs> That's anyway. actually good though. So. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. it's much better. So yeah. anyway, that's where we are on uh, that. Uh, cool. I think we should uh, move oh, wait, on. Sony didn't pay No Man's Sky. They marketed it. There we yeah, go. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, since we're talking about Sony, why don't we talk about new Sony bundles? Yeah, so what's fresh, what's hot, and what should be on the store shelves from as of the day of recording this podcast is a new Sony bundle called PlayStation Hits. Yes, it might sound familiar because Sony seems to call every new bundle PlayStation hits. Um, this time around, you get a 500 gig PS4, you get uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted 4, and God of War 3 Remastered. Is it the complete edition of Horizon Zero Dawn? No. Uh, so here's the thing. <laughs> you get these three, plus you get uh, three months of PlayStation uh, Plus subscription. Now, what's amusing is that uh, I have seen with my own eyes some uh, enterprising retailers say that if you want a better price on the bundle... Uh, don't take the PS Plus subscription and we'll give you like 1500 2000 bucks off. And this happens and it's happening again with this. So even though it's 28990 you can get it for a little less depending where you look. Offline, obviously, if you want a better deal. Uh, and uh, that's already on uh, hitting stores. Uh, this follows up the Call of Duty World War II bundle, the FIFA bundle, uh, and uh, Crystal Controllers along with PlayStation FC controllers, basically controllers with PlayStation FC branding for some reason. Uh, and that's what we're seeing from Sony. So they've more or less uh, capitalized on the lack of Microsoft in the system and have uh, brought in quite a few things. So that's something you might want to take a look yeah, but at. My understanding is that if you know where to look, you can get the PS4 for even cheaper than that, right? 28990 with uh, three games may not be the best deal. So the, the thing is, out of these three games, only Horizon Zero Dawn has any value right now in terms of resale and in terms of buying it. Uh, Uncharted 4, God of War, God of War, in fact, you can even get for under 1,000 in a lot of places. Uncharted 4, I think, is closer to 1,000, but maybe not under yet. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has some value, so that's good. Obviously, complete edition is not going to show up here until the old stock is nearly gone. The same thing happened with Overwatch, where uh, until the old stock is gone, Game of the Year edition wasn't going to come. And uh, we've seen Game of the Year edition on shelves in stores for 399 yep really late a game of the year edition is basically just different slightly different box art and 10 loot boxes included uh the loot boxes i i have to say this again because of how stupidly sony handles dlc and entitlements so uh, if you buy this and you play overwatch on a us account the copy sold in india with a peggy rating uh the loot boxes will not show up on your account yeah because they are dl they are microtransactions essentially and those are linked to the source account so yeah yeah overwatch game of the year edition is available in a few places now and that's obviously because uh with multiple 50 percent off sales it looks like the original overwatch standard edition is finally making its way out yeah so uh yeah like quite a boring bundle to be honest they should have they should have done uncharted 4 lost leg in fact they should do a bundle now with the the uncharted collection uncharted 4 and lost legacy with some special art or something as here's that's it no more uncharted this is everything stuff like that or another like sony recently did a massive price drop on their first party games and the published stuff where uh, bloodborne game of the year edition was 1499 which is probably cheaper than anywhere in the world right now or uh, Neo 2499, not that good of a deal, but still a good price drop compared to it being like 3999 everywhere else in India. So, Yeah, and I mean, considering that uh, there is no competition on the store shelves, they essentially can do what they want at this stage, which is why I kind of agree with Mike. Uh, it's like, it seems to be a weaker bundle, but it's also a weaker bundle if you're the sort who's already bought and has an X a PS4 but for someone who's coming in new who's you know still on a PS3 or PS2 or probably wants to see what all the fuss is about I think it's a good starting point simply because Uncharted 4 uh, shows off the best of, uh, of the console in terms of visual in terms of visuals Horizon Zero Dawn does an equally good job and God of War is God of War everyone yeah it's, it's super popular here right so I think it's a smart move it's it make it, it may not make sense for 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 fans and gamers yeah that's a very good point because we already have the game and we've seen this happen multiple times but people who already have one are not going to buy this yeah they're just going to wait for Horizon Complete Edition which also has made its way to some retailers online and offline if you know where to look yeah but uh, what's interesting is what I've been seeing happening in uh, offline stores for Xbox One exclusives and Microsoft exclusives. Uh, Gears of War has been quote-unquote discounted at 2499 when it originally launched at either 34 or 399 
we've seen it on amazon for 700 and 800 halo wars 2 which launched less than a year ago less than 12 months ago was down to 750 rupees yesterday on amazon less, india less 712 that yeah. was the lowest it went to and and this is not even like a third party store selling stuff this is officially cloudtail india who like kind of distribute microsoft games in india or they are the official sellers so yeah like if you play on xbox don't look at offline prices just go on amazon.in because that's literally the cheapest way in fact i think for 5000 you could probably get the last 10 or you could buy 10 xbox exclusives for that much yeah, i rate. heard that if you just go and you know log into amazon they offer you a free xbox one because nobody's buying that anyway no they can't because uh, they kind of need to make money on the xbox considering they make almost zero i'm pretty sure at this stage they're taking a loss on some of these games oh uh, it's not pretty sure it's definitely taking a loss cuz i'll tell you why uh, most margins uh, for software max the max is 20% and 20% of 4000 yeah they're basically selling it at 20% of its actual value yeah and uh, now keep in mind uh, that we're in a situation where the, where we should be seeing a 1x xbox 1x launch soon Although uh, at the time of recording this podcast, Microsoft has removed the Xbox One X uh, page from the Xbox India website. Uh, uh, rumors are, and unconfirmed reports state that uh, we might be seeing a delayed release of the Xbox One X in India, perhaps till the end of the month, or if not end of the month, maybe eighteenth or twentieth. The uh, date that was advertised on the Xbox One India website was Jan fifteenth, and obviously that hasn't happened because it's uh, Jan sixteenth, and nothing's on the store shelves anywhere. So yeah, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, and uh, speaking of uh, re-releases, rehashes, and stuff at a cheaper rate, uh, Square Enix announced something called Final Fantasy fifteen Royal Edition, uh, which basically is the complete edition, the Game of the Year variant, if you will, of Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, and they've also announced that it hits the same time the game comes to PC, which is March sixth. Now, uh, for those of you who are unaware, Final Fantasy fifteen is the longest, is the latest uh, Japanese RPG in the long-running series Final Fantasy. Uh, we reviewed it back when it hit in twenty uh, sixteen, and um, at the time it was a flawed but interesting experiment for a lot of reasons. Uh, the combat was really nice, uh, but everything around it could have been a bit better. Surprisingly, the game sold. spectacularly well in india uh multiple retailers have had sold out of stock and they actually had to call for reorders of the game now that's really that that's a, a, a turning point where i'm concerned because uh japanese rpgs and rpgs in general that aren't called skyrim do not sell in india so it's done pretty well and uh, i won't be surprised if ff15 royal edition continues the same but uh keep in mind that uh this game will ship with a lot of the downloadable content and Keep in mind that a lot of the downloadable content and a lot of the content will will not be on disc. You're probably gonna have to download a lot of it. At I mean, at the time of this recording this podcast, I think uh, my Final Fantasy 15 Xbox One file is around uh, 80 gigs, and your standard Blu-ray is 50 gigs. So yeah, expect to download a fair bit if you pick it up. Uh, what's also interesting to note is that there is no mention of uh, Season Pass 2. Now the game's been adequately supported post-launch. We've seen a Number of events we've seen a lot of uh, DL uh, single player content that's been added. We've seen a multiplayer mode that's been added, uh, but there's been no mention of season pass two, which uh, apparently would be available with uh, a, a something called episode Arden and two more pieces of DLC. For those of you who played it, Arden is basically the antagonist of FF15 and possibly one of the coolest villains this generation. So yeah. He is really good, Mike. Don't give me that death stare. He's the, in fact the only good thing about FF15. Mike, uh, uh, talk about the box art and all. Uh, no, there's a lot of stuff to talk about the release, but he can talk about the content first. So mm. yeah, I mean, uh, so there's no mention of season pass too. Uh, we won't be surprised if that hits later, or at least during the course of the year. Uh, now there's no there's no India price yet for the Royal Edition, but we do know that uh, the PC edition of the game is going to be one six nine nine. Which is not bad uh, until you consider that you'll be needing at least a hundred gigs free, and uh, that you'll be needing an i7 and at least eight gigs of RAM, and a 1060 to play it at 1080p. Yeah, and so, for 4K. And for 4K, you need a 1080 Ti, which <laughs> is uh, so for the price of a 1080. So a 1080 Ti costs as much as a PS4 Pro and a and a decent cheap 4K TV. So yeah, you're going to be spending quite a bit if you want to get the best of this on PC. And I feel bad for anyone who buys and builds a PC to play Final Fantasy 15. To be honest, yeah, honestly, so. <laughs> don't do that. Like, take it from someone. Take take it from a long-standing Final Fantasy fan. <laughs> uh, and this is from some, like 
obviously you in that case but i own three copies of this garbage game and even i'm telling you don't <laughs> no as someone who's who's played every final fantasy game since final fantasy 7 uh i would highly recommend uh the cheapest and best rated and most affordable way to play it is to play it on console i cannot under any circumstance suggest that you bother playing this on pc because you're looking at a 100 gig download all right plus you're looking at uh at, at least a 1060 to play it you're you're looking at at least 8 gigs of ram to play it you need an i7 processor to play it it's it's expensive and i frankly don't think it's uh i mean i'm not i wouldn't say the game isn't worth it the game is worth it because of the combat system alone but it's not worth it to spend so much to play it there are better rpgs not even from japan like you know like 50 this is going to retail for 50 dollars which means uh, ideally it should be 1699 on steam and it will likely get a physical release or uh, i don't know the origin or windows store price is going to be available on those two store fronts as well but uh, for people who bought the game originally square enix is releasing a 20 dollar royal pack Yeah. which will let you upgrade the they don't say whether you need to own the season pass or not or whether uh, you need to even buy the royal pack if you own the season pass the wording is a little confusing but uh, the royal edition and the windows edition retail for $50 abroad in india it'll be 1699 for the steam version hopefully and no no word on pricing for the console version likely 2999 or 2499 if they are feeling generous yeah uh, the box art for all of these say internet required while uh, on steam that's a given because you have to download everything uh, saying internet required on console box art likely means uh, you need to download a lot of stuff in fact uh, if you buy final fantasy 15 now on xbox or ps4 you need to download at least 21 to 28 gb of data without owning any of the dlc so yeah basically expect to download a lot uh the box art is good though they got yoshitaka amano back he did the artwork for the deluxe edition which was the only reason to buy that because kingslave was even worse than the game story yeah and so for those of you who are unaware yeah kingslave King is part of the final fantasy 15 cinematic universe and i'm going to call it that because there are multiple mobile games spin-off console games movies anime comics cookbooks and random nonsense i think there's yeah. a cookbook uh and uh, it was something which you needed to watch to get a better understanding of the plot before they realized that the story in the game was pretty terrible and they've been adding cut scenes and adding patches which add story content so hopefully royal edition actually has like a story which flows well and doesn't make you laugh when some characters die yeah so like which which is funny because like i've been replaying the game right now on xbox one after finishing on ps4 and uh so uh, while i'm talking to the game with with a few of my friends I reach a point. We reach a point where a certain character dies. I can't even remember. Yeah, when this exactly. Person <laughs> that, that that that's the response I get from. And these are guys who play Final Fan, who 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 probably play more Final Fantasy than I do. So he hopefully fixes a bunch of things. Looking forward to it though. Uh, can't wait to see what happens when this is out. Hopefully it adds the cohesion that was ne- that was missing when the game first hit. Um. So yeah, that's the all we know about the Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition at this point in time. Cool. Mikhail's favorite part of the podcast, which is the games we've been playing this week, is here now. So Mike, tell me which uh, game that nobody has ever heard of have you been playing now? Disclaimer: Pop, uh, Epic Pop Time is not a. What is Epic Pop Time? That sounds like a YouTube channel. Same thing. No. Pop And Epic yeah, Time. No. Also, Pop uh, Time Epic. Pop team epic sorry yes, sorry finally he gets it yeah he and this man crybaby is not a and game and i think uh, i think final fantasy 15 gave him brain damage or something at this stage hey man <laughs> i regret nothing we'll play again so uh, even though the music was unremarkable so been playing this game called little red lie which is on uh, steam ios android vita ps4 it's a uh, it's like a point and click adventure visual novel and unlike the others which have like fantasy and drama settings this one is like fully real and talks about depression suicide and lying to yourself and lying to people it's from the list from a single person will o'neil who did this other game which is a similar gameplay called actual sunlight which is really cheap you should check it out on uh, steam it's uh, it runs on anything uh it's been very good like uh, you basically choose how to lie to yourself and then talk to like at least in the beginning of the game you're talking to your parents and stuff like that a uh, very very dark game uh, i'm kind of surprised it even like released on ios and on playstation obviously android and steam have no quality control and they don't check anything so this kind of stuff goes but apple has a history of rejecting these kinds of games like binding of isaac was initially rejected and then it actually launched and sold same thing with nintendo platform so 
Uh, this is a very interesting game. Don't go by the screenshots. Steam has a refund feature. Trust me on this. Pick up actual sunlight or little red light if you enjoy playing games with uh, interesting stories and basically games that deal with stuff which other games don't deal with, essentially. Uh, been playing that. Uh, played a lot of Super Meat Boy on Switch again. Like I think it's muscle memory at this point. I finished the first two worlds without dying a single time. Uh, and now, like, now that I'm in hell, yeah, like, that's still difficult. I've uh, been playing Super Meat Boy on mute because I don't like the new soundtrack. Yeah. The people who composed it make really good music, but Super Meat Boy needs the original soundtrack. It's just, uh, it's almost as bad as playing Final Fantasy 15 with the music on, so... Uh, yeah, it's not that bad. So, been playing Super Meat Boy, uh, what else have I been playing? Can't even remember, literally. So, yeah, let's move on. Have you not been playing Final Fantasy 15 no, because you sound like you've Final gotten memory loss? Hate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also reached level 99 in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is level cap. So now can put the game away and uh, wait for story expansion, which comes out at some point this year. So, oh yeah, I've been playing Dragon Quest Builders on Switch, uh, which is a port of the Vita, like the game which released on Vita and PS4 uh, on Switch. And... Uh, it's basically Minecraft with direction and a Dragon Quest skin, kind of like how Dragon Quest Heroes was a Warriors game with the skin. Uh, the demo's free on Vita, PS4, and Switch. You should check it out if you've ever had any interest in these building games because mm. uh, this implements it really well. I'd yeah, I've that. installed the demo. Hopefully this week I'll get a time, get yeah, the chance so, to check yeah, it out. Yeah, that's all I've been doing. Yeah. So I was traveling the whole of last week, so mostly I was just playing only one mobile game, that's Imbroglio, which I spoke about last week. Uh, still trying to surpass my top score of 127. Uh, but basically the game keeps me hooked because uh, in that there are multiple characters and each character has a different like uh, set of uh, skills and weaknesses. And uh, for example, like one character cannot have any ranged weapons. The next character you go there, like one weapon is always blocked. So in this game, like the board, like there's a board and the tile you're standing on is your weapon. So if you move, your weapon changes. So imagine if you have one weapon disabled, it could be the one weapon you need to destroy a certain monster. So like the way you like you can edit your board and the way you lay out those tiles uh, that affects the gameplay a lot. So I've been experimenting with multiple tile layouts and trying to get close to my original score. I think I reached 126. So I think at 128, I unlock one more character. So yeah, I've been, been like constantly trying to get a better score on that and reading tips online on how to get a better board and all. Like the game so much that I bought the expansion pack inside the game as well. So yeah, played that. And also just gave like this game called Death Road to Canada a bit of a spin earlier. Um, frankly, I don't like it very much on the iPad. I definitely prefer this game on the iPhone more than the iPad. Uh, because like it, its control scheme is such that you have to basically tap the right side of the screen uh, to like use your weapons. And I feel that that kind of a thing is much better done on a device that you can hold easily. Um, not like, you know, something that you keep on the table and you play. So yeah, I mean, I've been playing these two games only. Uh, Rishi? So, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 15, And, uh, so, as someone who played the game, well, day minus one, day minus seven, rather, because seven days early, thanks to uh, Street Date Break in Peru, which resulted in the game coming here, we ended up having the first review in the world, there was a lot of drama, yada yada. So, anyway, came back to it, and, um, well, now, so, here's the thing, right? Final Fantasy at launch and Final Fantasy now. 15. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are uh, completely different beasts, uh, but not for the reasons you'd expect. So when the game was out, there was a lot of uh, criticism around how the plot was handled and how erratic and schizophrenic things got. Uh, it, it, it didn't even introduce characters, but then it would tell you straight up, hey, they died and you're supposed to feel something for them. And uh, there was one really inconsistent mission towards the end called Chapter 13, which is so bad that I had to finish it for friends a few times because they couldn't finish it. Uh, this time around... Uh, there isn't much in way of narrative, barring uh, a couple of uh, important pieces of text that show up at the very beginning of the game that add some frame of context. And this is in the tutorial, so it's kind of helpful. And uh, But what's really, really impressive to me is uh, how they've managed to make leveling up and character progression a lot more easier. So uh, to give you some perspective, when I finished the game the first time, I ended up at slightly under-leveled at level 25. And that is when I was finished with the game. Uh, this time around, I'm halfway through, little, just a little before the halfway through mark, and I'm already at level 26. And uh, I haven't had to grind now for the for or you know go out of my way to do more quests to get to a higher level. This is coming through in-game progression alone. So they've fixed that, and I think to me that's a bigger, that's a more important fix 
than uh you know patching the story together now i'm not saying that's not important that is important for a lot of people but for me at least from a gameplay standpoint it's pretty much perfect uh cuz to me the, the game's always been or the final fantasy games have always been about the combat uh story's been great and all but the combat's really what sucked me in so they fixed that to to a large to a large degree it's a mix of real time plus uh, turn based where you can warp around the battlefield which is really cool and it works uh so so they fixed that and uh, i'm yet to hit the uh, dlc parts of things so now it's really odd how they integrate downloadable content to this game if you compare it to a game like fallout where uh, or, or skyrim where you're told to go to a certain area to activate a dlc quest here you have to choose the dlc from the game's main menu so it's not exactly integrated holistically uh cuz and it's and you're told at the very outset that hey you can't you shouldn't access this piece of dlc till you hit a certain chapter in the game's progression so uh that's how they've they've done that this time around um and uh from what i've played it seems that some of these dlc elements uh particularly episode prompto and episode ignis which are about two of the uh characters in your party uh actually do add a fair bit of weight to the narrative they don't exactly fix the narrative but they give it a lot more context that was missing which i think is really nice so yeah i mean as uh i think it's it's an interesting path because as someone who's grown up playing the final fantasy games as someone who's gotten into this job and is doing this because of games like final fantasy and deus ex um it's it's reached a point where i've finally managed to distance myself from what the game was and take a more critical outlook and i'm just fascinated by how they've managed to put it together considering that the drama around the game's development it was in a 10 year development hell and now they're bringing out something that's reasonably decent i think so it's it's just fascinating to chart that and to see how it's going so i've just been playing that cool that's all we have for this episode of transition and we will see you with another episode next week as always if you have any questions comments or feedback do write to us at podcast@gadgets360.com the music for the show comes by magnus solai paulson whose album ppp ppp is where the tracks are from and if you Also if you want to support this show you can subscribe to it you can also give us a rating on iTunes your reviews your ratings your subscriptions they help us a lot thank you so much for listening